Welcome to the Theobrogians Podcast, a ministry and theology podcast brought to you by two really, really holy, smart, and good-looking pastors. Dropping gems and bringing the thunder. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Theobrogians Podcast. I was going to do <laughs> I was going to do a, a guitar sound. <laughs> I was just cuz I was going to go <laughs> I was going to make some sort of like dropping gems and bringing the thunder sort of sound effects myself, but I think the intro is going to cover that. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's It already has been covered. If they're, if they're this far, yes, they've already heard that. So yes, you've made it 30 seconds in. Well done. Here we are. Here we are. So today we're talking about something really cool um, that I think is something that we may not think about <clears throat> like regularly. Yet it shapes and sort of forms our perspective in regards to church, in regards to Christian living, in regards to, um, you know, relating to other people inside the church and outside of the church. And so it's really, really, I think, foundational to the Christian life. Uh, but it, it's not that we really, we don't, I feel like we don't really talk about it that much. Um, but before we get to what we're actually, where we're actually going with it, I thought it'd be cool if we could, you know, we thought it'd be cool if we could discuss sort of our church upbringings. You know, yeah. So like, Rich, I know yours is different than mine. So yeah. what is like, what is your sort of church history? How, how did you come about in the church? Um, what did you grow up with? Church history. Uh, I didn't. I don't have much. It's it's like scattered. Um, it's lost in the archaeological beds of Colorado Springs, Colorado. <laughs> but uh, it yeah, which is its own I, like Bible Belt. Interestingly enough, it is outside yeah. of the Southeast Bible, like Belt. literally just Colorado Springs. Yeah. is like a Bible Belt. It's like a little version of Mecca. Yeah, which yeah, yeah which is crazy. But yeah. anyway, um, uh, I wasn't I wasn't raised going to church or anything like that. My mom tried a couple times uh, to get us to go to church, like on like Christmas or I don't even think Easter. We did Easter celebration stuff, but to my memory, you know, it's like if I, if my family listens to this and they're like, "Wait a minute, we did Why'd you put us on blast?" Yeah, I <laughs> to my memory, just to be fair, my yeah. my recollection, there wasn't a lot about that. Like it's not that we purposely avoided it, it just wasn't it wasn't central. And yeah. so um went a lot there. I at a young age though, I got invited to church by like one of the neighborhood kids and uh, started going to church. Uh, it wasn't actually even so church. Wait, wait, wait. So before, okay. So before your youth group friend invited you to church, what was yeah. your like thought when you thought about church? Was it like negative? Was it positive? Or was it just totally indifferent? It was like, oh, it's a thing. It's just not my I, thing. I didn't even think about church. It just wasn't. Church wasn't a thing. wasn't even on the radar. No. Okay. And, and it wasn't even like a youth group friend. Like the kid that invited me at the time he invited me, I think he was like five. Okay. And so he was like a neighborhood kid. That Little lived. did you know he was trying to rack up points to win like a sucker yes. at the end of the Yeah, month. right. He, he, <laughs> he was, didn't care about you. He wanted that yeah, sucker. <laughs> he was going for, for a freebie, but he, yeah. he invited me and he invited me to a backyard Bible camp, which is like a VBS okay. out of like people's homes. And okay. so they did it like three you think or four that would nights. Fly in 2019? <laughs> 2020 no not at all no <laughs> all all creepiness aside yeah. not even like with the peanut allergies and all the things nut free facility stuff not, all the not happening many 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 of those EpiPen shots are yes. happening but um yeah so he he invited me and i and i went and i understood like a really simple presentation of the gospel with like the gospel by color bracelets. Okay, nice. The little beads. Yep. Perfect. And um, something about that that black bead in there uh, being like sin, Scared and then the crap out of you yeah, what? and then and then the red bead being right next to it. Yeah. And then the white bead being right after that, Ooh. and then the gold bead or like no, like the green one, like yeah. you know, new life and all yeah, that. Yeah. I was like, dude, 
this makes perfect sense in my seven-year-old brain. I get it. Yeah, and but it was really real after that, and so I, I kept not going to church because my family didn't do it. But anytime I hung out with him, I would go to church. Um, and um, but I just remember having like a really, really, really like authentic like uh, desire to like know God um, in a sense where it was like if I felt like you know at seven I did something wrong or you know you know, thought of like a bad word or something like that, I would like repent. Like I'd pray and I'd ask for forgiveness. I would pray for my family. I would, you know, I had like, that was real. It was authentic even at like seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, already like at that, that age, I was kind of seen as like a, like a spiritual leader, which is terribly sad. Like within the framework of your family. Yeah, yeah. Like holidays, you know, 15 family members over at the house and they'd be like, Hey, you're praying, you know, like, yeah. Like, which so is kind of cool, it, and, really and it's, cool, and but it's thing, but it kind of like, oh, but okay. in another way, it's like yeah. sad that yeah, it's dang. like you're letting yeah. a nine year old, you know, do the blessing, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. um, not in like a novelty way, like just because yeah. you're the you know, you know, that your kid's the only one that prays, you know, so yeah, right, <laughs> but um, yeah, and so I kind of dipped in and out of youth groups coming up, I completely like stopped entertaining faith in like practice or going to a youth group and stuff for several years. Until I met my wife, met my wife in high school, and she was, like, super into uh, church, and her family was super into church. She was raised in it, and it was, like, for real for her, and so she now, was, what kind, like... What kind of church was she raised in? Um, so, so backtrack real quick. When I was getting invited to church from, like, my friend in Colorado... Yeah, what kind of church was it? It was actually, uh, it's New Life Church in Colorado. That's Springs. a huge one. That's, yeah. Uh, Ted Haggard used to Ted Haggard, say. yeah, New Life Worship. Who's the, who's the... Wasn't there, like, a worship band that came out of that? Yes, uh... Hmm. They sang that from the rooftops. That's on. Yeah, they had. I mean, they had a bunch. Jared I, Anderson or whatever uh-huh. was the lead singer guy. I for I forgot what they were even called. They they know. had they had like a banging youth group with a youth oh, band yeah. that had huge. like huge records yeah. and stuff. They yeah, were a huge church. Yeah, so that was the church I went to there. Then when I met, fast forward when I met my wife, uh, my family moved to Florida, and so this was mm-hmm. in Orlando, and my wife was going to um, like a Pentecostal church, charismatic okay. church, and so what was she, the first experience of that like? Were you like nothing? What? Nothing crazy because um, new life. New life is they're not like as like flamboyantly like Pentecostal, but yeah. uh, or like charismatic with with that. But I mean, you know, but they're, they'll jump and they're charismatic, and hands yeah. up and yeah. all the stuff. And yeah, so okay. they're just the lighter variants of it. But okay. so it wasn't it wasn't as much of a jump. For no, you? And, and on top of that, I didn't start just going to like Sunday mornings. I was going to youth group with my wife, which is different. Um, youth group and, with your girlfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah. Who is who was my girlfriend and. Yeah. Um, they didn't do, they, they, there was nothing that separated them from any other youth group in yeah. town. You know, they yeah. had a typical, just, work, yeah, yeah typical cool. youth band, typical yeah. teenagers that knew nothing of Pentecostal charismatic doctrine, anything yeah, like that. No, and no, so no. it was just youth group, you yeah. know? Um, I remember my first kind of weird experience in like a Pentecostal church though, was at that church. I started going. Sunday morning, and uh, there was like somebody popped off speaking in tongues. Oh, and <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a corporately, like, yeah, like, like, out like loud. everybody gets quiet and puts their head down. Someone's yes. speaking in tongues, and then you wait for someone to interpret. Yes, okay. yes, somebody just sh- started shouting in tongues from like one side of the auditorium, <laughs> yeah, and then the other side of the room, it, like, it's dead quiet, and everybody's kind of like, oh. oh, like, even the pastor was like, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> the other side of the room, somebody totally unrelated, like, unless they, like, you know, they they, they planted they, the they lobby, <laughs> but somebody totally unrelated, like, like, shouted out, like, what you know, what I, I assumed to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
the interpretation depending of, on the voice where you, of yeah. the, wherever you land theolo- yeah. theologically thus, on this whole concept. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am returning on clouds of fire, you know, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And so uh, do that not, was... Do not eat red meat, thus yes. saith the Lord. <laughs> right. Bro, and, you just went on a vegetarian right, diet yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. You really think like, God said that? I, like, looked at... I, like... <laughs> I remember just like looking at my wife being like, what did you invite me to? <laughs> what like, is this? What is this? Um, but that was the first one. And everything from there was like, after the, after you experience that, everything yeah. else is like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't shout anymore, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, ever since then, I've kind of, uh, been in like shades of that. I've, I've been to like church with like Baptist friends, yeah. you know, friends that are, that definitely go to more like, orthodox or liturgical yeah. services and stuff like that and yeah. i love all of it like i i i really do have a respect and and all that for all the different shades of you know christianity or christian yeah. worship yeah. um but you know my most of my experience comes from like a charismatic uh background and i'm i feel even more comfortable in that because i'm a very um like loud or outgoing person or whatever and so i feel like i feel like i fit yeah in as far as worship services go i feel comfortable in those because you know i i kind of do do well with that but i i i enjoy i enjoy it all so so. yours so your coming up experience then with the church uh was almost more transient right yeah very much so because my mine was very much i guess the opposite of that mine was very familial like mine was oh yeah very ingrained in my family um yeah, mine literally like depending on what my wife was at the time, like she hit that's me at, a, at a critical yeah, point. Yeah, you, you you found a cute girl and you were like, whatever she yeah. is, that's what I am. Yeah, yeah. As long <laughs> as long as she's Christian, it was like okay, yeah. we can go from there. Like it, so she was like hardcore, like you know, like reformed Calvinist. Yeah, you know, whatever. whatever. That, yeah, that's we would have had that conversation. <laughs> that's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. So so mine was very familiar. My both of my grandparents were um, pastors. Both of my both of my grandpas. Um, but one was what's interesting is my grandfather was a um, a Baptist minister, hmm. and then my my mom's dad was a Southern Pentecostal minister. Wow! And so they were very very different in yeah, their theologies like and their doctrines opposite. and their whatever. Um, so I remember coming up. We went to a uh, again. I think my dad was more whatever my mom is. That's what he is. Right. So we we went more towards the. Um, the Pentecostal bend, mm-hmm. the the hyper charismatic Pentecostal thing, and so I grew up in that stuff like it was normal from a very very young age. My parents were super involved in church. I mean, every time the doors were open, we were there. Um, I'm talking like they were kids volunteers, they were youth volunteers, they were in the choir, they were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the whole deal. So you were like, it was yeah, like oh yeah, it was it was super it. exposed, yeah, super exposed, super into it. Um, and and then when we would go like on vacation, we were we weren't like super rich growing up or anything. So any vacation we had was essentially to go see my family in Alabama. That was like the only time we left our house in Michigan, <laughs> you know, was to go to Alabama. And so one way. Um, so when we but when we would go to Alabama, you know, we would go. My great grandmother um, pastored a church until she died, and she was ninety six, I think, when she died. Wow. And she was still pastoring when she died. A little country church of like eight people. And they would get together and have a Holy Ghost throwdown, yep. and they'd be crying and dancing and shouting mm-hmm. and slain in the spirit and all the stuff every every service. And so we'd go to that service. My grandfather was still a, a minister, and so we'd go down there and uh, go to his church services. And we're talking like 
in in like the the the, the backwoods of Alabama. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're talking, you know, it so was they're throwing down quite the experience. Yes, throwing down, throwing down, and so Snake, snakes or no snakes? Yeah, <laughs> no snakes. You have but, to ask in that context. Yeah, no snakes, but it wouldn't have been out of the question, right? You know, and so for me coming up in that, that really shaped like. That's why I asked, what was your perspective of church before all that? Like, was you indifferent, whatever? For me, yeah, I didn't have one. For me, the church sh- sort of shaped my perspective of the world. Mm-hmm. And so for you, I guess the world sort of shaped your perspective of church, or it, it became a shift as you became more involved in church. But for me, like, you know, the, 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 the hyper charismatic Pentecostal movement that I grew up in really shaped the way that I viewed the world, shaped the way that I viewed life, shaped the world that I, the way that I viewed people. I mean, you know, in my, in my context, um, the, the churches I went to now, again, I don't know where you land theolo- theologically on any of these things, but one of the things that was very important to the churches that I grew up in was no alcohol, no tobacco, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember distinctly as a kid seeing a police officer smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. how did that bad person fool everybody and become a cop. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because in yeah. my perspective, police officers yeah. are good. There's good, there's bad. People who smoke cigarettes are bad and going right. to hell. Right, and so right. it's like, how did that guy trick everybody and become a police officer? Yeah. Like, how in the world? And so it just really sort of shaped, um, I guess, my perspective on things. And so I don't think it was done until post-college. I think I may have, might have even been pastoring for a few years before I came to this realization of, church and the way that we define church and the way that we approach church, um, it comes from our backgrounds, obviously, but I think we need to at times step back and sort of deconstruct our vision of church and reconstruct something that's more biblically centered. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about this off air, but I I think this is really important for us to talk about with our listeners on the Theologians podcast is talking about the way that we sort of approach church, our perspective and our approach regarding church, because so often I think we define church as if, you know, if we took a blank sheet of paper and drew a big square right in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and that would be, you know, the church. And we would say, if you can fit into the parameters of this square, you can be part of the church. Mm-hmm. If you believe like us, if you vote like us, if you dress like us, if you think like us, if your doctrines align, if your hobbies align, if you don't smoke and drink, <laughs> you know, right. you can now be part of our church. Yep. And I well, think, yeah, it's it's the checklist mentality. Exactly, like you're you checking get, boxes. You get saved, and all of a sudden, it's not like you know we. You hear this punchline a lot, where it's like, "Well, I'm not into religion; I'm into relationship." <laughs> but then, you qualify or disqualify somebody else's relationship with Jesus based off of a checklist, based off of the box that you not, find yourself which in, which is not yes relationship. That's religion. Exactly. You know exactly, and so that's the place that I spent most of my high school. Most of my childhood, most of my, you know, college years was inside of a box that I had constructed myself through my experiences, through my church experience, my perspective, my parents, my grandparents, the whole deal. I'm inside of this box. And what that does is that makes us, I never woke up and thought, man, I want to be super judgmental. Like I really want to just think the worst of other people. Yeah. That's not what my intentionality was, but that was the reality yeah, that's what happened. that I was living in because mm-hmm. I'm in this box and anyone else who doesn't fit into this box, they become the other. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a, there's an inside and an outside. There's mm-hmm. this dichotomy that's mm-hmm. created where if you're the other, you're wrong, you're different, you're weird. Well, you're what's whatever. sad is that depending on where you come from, that box is, is self-defined like by 
your own experience, but you think it's universal. So right. the other can very easily become other shades of like believers too. That's, and that's exactly right. And you can like disqualify other believers just because because they don't they, fit in your box. They don't fit you or like the church you go to or whatever. Yes. And so you're like, oh, they obviously got it wrong or something wrong or they're in danger of yes. You know all these different things that you hear different leaders or people say. It's like no, it's just they're just different than you. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, it, totally. And it like, was insane. And so I would find myself in that. And, and I don't know, I don't know. I think it might've been even a conversation a few years after being in the pastorate that I was first made aware of this. I don't know when you were first made aware of this, but this, this concept and idea of rather than, um, drawing a box and making the box, the parameters of your church, instead picture a white piece of paper that's blank and you just draw a circle in the middle. And then you write the name Jesus inside of that circle. And you say, that's at the center of everything. I'm going to chase after that. And so that's sort of how we've decided to approach church and faith and and relationship, not religion, whatever. But our, our faith journey, if we could define it by putting Jesus at the center and chasing after that and saying, hey, listen, you might not think like me. You might not dress like me. You might not vote like me. You might not look like me. You might not have the same upbringing, the same perspective, whatever. But as long as you want to place Jesus at the center and chase after that, come on with it. Yeah. Like, let's do this together. What, what, what originally challenged me in that was I was right in the middle of like, um, you know, like nobody thinks that they're like religious, you know what I mean? Like if you're going after Jesus, nobody thinks they're religious, you know? And then like when people talk about like Pharisees or, you know, whatever, uh, they never put themselves in those shoes, even though that's probably what, uh, a lot of times American Christians fall into would be like a, a more For Pharisee sure. mindset. And so I was right in the middle of like going to a church like that, uh, probably even steeping myself in like that kind of like internal rhetoric about people or other people or whatever. And which I had no business doing. Like I, at the time I was probably like 19. I have no business forming. But you don't know because when you're in right. it, it's not rhetoric, it's reality. That's just what you do. Yeah. yeah. And so um, somebody gave me a copy of uh, Donald Miller's Blue Like Jazz. Okay. And I remember reading that and being kind of ashamed that I liked the book yeah. so much um, because <laughs> like, it was one of those, God like I worked, holy. <laughs> well, I worked at a Christian bookstore too and they stopped. Oh, selling. you were in it, in it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And well, to be, well, to, uh, as a bragging right now on my side, I almost didn't get it. I had okay. to have like four interviews and they really had to be sure of my, like my salvation before they hired me <laughs> because I had already, I already had like tattoos and stuff and yeah. it was, um, you were their uh, missionary hire. Yeah, yeah. It was gonna, actually it was actually we're gonna win this kid to the Lord. Yes, they're like bring him in. He needs parents, and so uh, um, they stopped selling it there and all that. And I remember thinking, man, this book has got to be really sacrilegious or something. And so I read it, and um, I loved it. But if you read it, it's it's like Donald Miller was like raised in I think like a hardcore Baptist like okay. upbringing. Yeah, goes away to like college, and his whole experience like as an adult changes everything he talks about how like he went to college and uh was confronted with like i think like i want to say like gay christians there's like a gay christian club on campus it was something i and i, I saw them they made a movie didn't yeah they? yeah, I saw yeah. The, movie. the movie was like loosely based on it okay but i think i'm pretty sure it was that i haven't read it in probably 10 years but i think it was that and he just talked about how like authentic their worship was and yeah. how they prayed for each other and like they were like accountable like, to no, each no, other no you don't fit in but my yeah, box what his, are you doing his, his upbringing was yeah. like not okay not allowed yeah. there's no way they're they yeah. they have to be faking because faith yeah. Developing in a person like that 
what don't even happen. Yeah. And I remember reading that thing like and by the end of the book he kind of like ends up going against everything he was raised in but still holding on to Jesus. And yeah. I remember reading that going like wow, that's so like liberating. That's so oh, freeing yeah. to so be able freeing. to and and the whole mindset is kind of like what you're saying like like his mindset in the book is like, you know, I, you know, I can't, he, he names like three or four different types of people he encounters. I think there was like some Christian like gypsies or something who like lived out in tents, but they like <laughs> worship together. And he spent like a week with them, just like yeah. camping yeah. with them and hanging out with them, but talking to them. And he was like so convinced of their faith in Jesus and stuff. And it just like rocked his, his whole world because he was like raised to believe that this is how you do it and this is how you don't do it. Absolutely. And all these other people were by living with them and getting close to them, showing him that like their faith was really authentic, perhaps maybe even more authentic than the people he was raised with. Yeah. And um, it just rocked his world. And I remember reading it going, holy cow, man, like it's really dangerous that this guy is like calling these yes. people Christian. But then yes. at the same time, in my mind going, that like something about this feels so much more sense. good yeah. and feels right. Like yeah. just letting the only qualifier not be a checklist, but just are you pursuing Jesus or not? Because if right. you are, ultimately you'll get there. And yeah. it might look you might look more like John the Baptist, you know, than you do the Apostle Paul. But at yeah. the end, they're both getting there. You totally. know, you might be eating bugs and and you know <laughs> and honey and wearing fur, but or you might be you know yeah. uh, you know a Jew of all Jews or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, knowing all your stuff, but either way, they both went after Jesus and confessed him. And so they're both there and like, it made so much sense, but it made me feel so like guilty for buying into well, it. That, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. And, the, and the, the liberation that you feel, the freedom that you feel in one sense, it's for yourself because you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. There's so much more grace and leeway for me. Like I yeah. don't have to do all this, but I think in the larger sense, it frees you up from this us them dichotomy where we feel like we got to keep everybody else in line. We got to feel like mm -hmm. we got to judge everybody and make mm -hmm. sure everybody's whatever. It it, it it changes our perspective when we take on the perspective of like, listen, here's the deal. If Jesus is at the center and we're chasing after that, this idea that, that God is pure, God is holy, God is light. The closer we get to that, any darkness is going to flee. Fall off, any yeah. darkness is going to fall off. Yeah. Any sin is going to go away the closer someone gets to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it, it alleviates us from the responsibility of thinking that it's our job to point pe point out other people's sin. Mm -hmm. To say, hey, yo, you got to do this better. you got to do this different. That's not okay. I mean, yes, there's a level of accountability within the, the body of Christ, sure, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But being like a fruit but that, inspector but that's not, or that's not sin a, and all that. I mean, that's not a given though. Like yeah. having, going, going to just anybody and just because I'm a Christian, you're a Christian means I can just tell you off to your face. Yeah. No, Th that's not accountability. No, no. Number one. Number two, accountability happens in the context of like real relationship. Exactly. And so it's a two way street. So the understanding is I know you well enough. I know your life well enough, your struggles well enough. You've given me permission to speak into yeah. your situation. Yeah. So now I can, and yeah. that's holding you accountable. And I know where you are in your faith journey, yes. so I'm yeah. not holding you to the same standard exactly. as someone yeah. else who is somewhere else in their yeah. faith journey. And they're, you know, as you get closer to the to the circle in the middle of the page, yeah, uh, you know, proverbially, it's like it's like it's like having having like groomsmen, you know, like you pick one suit for them all to wear, and that can be faith, but they all have to go and get get it fitted. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like I can't send my measurement 
to the tailor and be like, make seven of these. My groomsmen won't fit. It'll be, yeah. a few of them will be swimming in it and a yeah. few of them will be bursting out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it just won't fit. We yeah. Ultimately, we're all gonna, gonna look uniform or we're all gonna look like we went to the same There's tailor. There's a commonality there, but, but it's you all have different. to get it adjusted, yeah. you know, yeah. accordingly. And if you're just expecting everybody to be able to jump into this one size fits all faith, that's like the most unrealistic thing. But that's, if I can say there's one thing that the church has passed on exceedingly well it's that mm -hmm. that idea that you look like us or you're not us yeah and even even people outside the church know that mm -hmm. we pass that on to christians and non-christians yeah. you know and it's true and uh uh and that that honestly we think that that's what unifies like christian like yeah we're holding each other accountable but no. it's actually what drives people, I think, away from it Jesus. Is. Because and that was, I feel like that's what birthed this whole like grunge church thing that happened in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like, come as you are, yeah. no perfect people allowed. Like yeah. all those corny, cliche yep. statements now. Yep. But when they came out, it was like yes. revolutionary. Yeah. Yes, I love that. People yes. were like, finally, they're yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah, scruffy church or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like all these different things were happening. Um, it it did. It changed. It changed sort of the landscape of the church, and I think it birthed a new generation of. of believers you know down the road or at least there's a birth happening now yeah where it's like hey there needs to be some diversity in our like understanding of where everyone is yeah in this journey you know some yeah. people are closer to the edges of the sheet some people are closer to the, the circle right in the middle yeah and you can't judge them both by the same standard you can't you know someone who's been in a relationship with jesus and passionately pursuing him for the last 20 years they can't look at someone who just got saved yesterday and hold them to the exact same yeah. standard of Be like, All right, man. like you said it's not one size fits all mm -hmm. it's like yo just point them to jesus our job is to point each other to Jesus. Yeah. That's accountability. That's it. iron sharpening iron and all the, you know, cliches we like to use when we're really just being a jerk to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pointing them to Jesus is the move. I think people, I think people, um, forget the fact that like, there's a Holy spirit. Right. And the Holy spirit is like at work in the lives of believers. And so what you're trying to do to like correct somebody or grow somebody faster, like, you're trying to put them on steroids, like spiritual steroids to right. try to get them to grow and look like they got it all together, you know, but there's, the there's move. nothing to it. There's a Holy spirit that like is with them and is going to give them guidance and discernment and walk with them through their growth. And you have to trust that God knows what he's doing more than you know what you're doing. And so our job more than being like, Hey, you know, you only checked off three of your 10 boxes on the do's and don'ts of Christianity. <laughs> right. Instead of doing that, it's like, Hey, it's okay that you only checked off three, Yeah. you know, and, and, and there's not even a checklist, but hey, if we were going by that, yeah, great job. Yeah. Doing three, man. Hey, That's dope. That's better than zero. Yeah. Keep when, moving forward. Before you got, before, yeah. before you met Jesus, you didn't even care what you did. You didn't care how you, <laughs> right. how you talked, how you acted, how you treated how any people. Of it went together. Yeah. And now there's effort and now there's drive yeah. and now mm -hmm. there's movement mm -hmm. towards something. Mm -hmm. Thank God for that movement and mm -hmm. just keep moving. Absolutely. You know? And so, absolutely. Uh, I think people, people think like, people get that twisted and the, the, the real, I think the truth behind it or like the reality behind it is that people feel the need to do that because it makes it like, it makes, it makes them uncomfortable to be around people who aren't like them or don't practice like them. Oh, yeah. or, it's fear of the other. For yeah. Sure. And so it's like when you, when you come into church, you're dressed the way that you dress, but there's a dude in the back with like, tattoo sleeves, you know, pants sagging, yeah, wearing a yeah. ball cap. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
that person don't honor God. That person yeah. don't look like God. That person's, you know, yeah. or that person just came in. They came in late. There's like, this is the church culture I come from. And it sounds archaic, but it's so real. Even the church culture yeah. that you and I know now, like where we live um, and that we kind of bump elbows with, like, there's a lot of that that goes on. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of it that doesn't. There's people that are speaking out against that, but there's a lot of it that still goes on. And it's like, oh, they came in late. They're sitting in the back. They must have been out late last night doing this. Yeah, right, right, right. And it's like somebody needs to go talk to them. Or I wish the yeah. pastor would talk about something because they need to hear that. And it's like, yo, what do you need to hear, though? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're still not it. And, you know, you haven't, you haven't, you know, had your own transfiguration where you're just walking around <laughs> glowing. So it's like, what, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, it's just, it, it's crazy. And it's kind of, it's kind of uh, arrogant you know, um, which is the opposite of, of what Jesus calls us to right. be. It's arrogant to walk around and be like, I got such a good moral ground and understanding of faith and practice that I can just tell other people the way it should be and what they need to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. So how do, so, okay. I know it's, I know it's a process. I know it's a journey. And I know it takes time, but what is like a tangible first step that people can take who are, are potentially hearing this for the first time or, are just now kind of unpacking it for the first time. Because obviously this stuff can change the, the world. This yeah. this idea of church and, and relationship with Jesus and Christian community can change the church. It can change the world. It can change the world's perception of the church. I mean, all kinds of things. For you, what do you think, I mean, what do you think is a, is a good next step, first step, for someone who wants to maybe at least explore this concept more? Yeah. Explore this. Would you recommend Blue Like Jazz? Or like, what would you, what's your... What's your... Well, first of all, I'd recommend just... Uh, just pondering for a minute and like being honest with yourself, you know, some introspection. Yeah. yeah. You know, let he that is without sin cast the first stone, you know, kind of thing. And I know it's, it's a different context, but until you have it all perfect, don't concern yourself with trying to, trying to point out where other people ha don't, don't have it all right. right. Don't try to point out where somebody else is imperfect or struggling or what their sin issue is. You know, just because you've gotten really good at covering what yours are, so they can't do the same, you know, right. because none of us are there. And right. um, if you think you're there, that's the area where you're not there, you know? <laughs> and so I'd say, you If know, you think you're there, you're almost worse yes. off than the people who realize yeah. that If you think not. you're there, you were the people holding the you're stones at the starting in the first line. place. Yeah, you're yeah, at the starting you know? line. <laughs> and so I would say just, just come to terms and be okay with the fact that, like, you're not the poster child for Christianity. Jesus is. Right. And Jesus was okay with people not having it all figured out. Yeah. And so if you want to be more like, you know the 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 poster child you know then you need to just learn how to let go a little bit number one and number two i would say be okay with be okay with people being people and be okay with like just letting it go like yeah. one thing that i have to that i say all the time like i'll have people they'll still come to me and be like oh did you hear about this or that or you know what do you think about people that do this or or even just hot topics that i'm sure we'll get to yeah. you know in the show but like homosexuality politics different things like all that. all the things yeah you know when people ask me about that, I'll say, listen, man, you know, it's my job, like you said, my job being in ministry, but as a Christian in any regard, my job to, to try to point people to Jesus is Jesus's job to pull them out of that. Absolutely. And, and Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives as believers will point out and convict and draw people away from the things that aren't fit for a believer but that's his work. That's not mine. Yeah. Mine is to tell everybody where to go. And once they go there, he'll handle the rest. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say like, if you're worried about telling anybody anything or doing whatever, encourage people 
talk to people about, you know, encourage them in the good things that they are doing so they do more good and stop worrying about the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but just be okay with, like, letting God be God. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't have yeah. to... You don't have to do it, man. You don't have to do that's that. That's freeing too, man. Yeah. That's liberating as yeah. well. Let yeah. him do him. Well, when you can say like, you know, when you can stand like, you know, I've hung out with I've hung out with like gay believers and stuff like that too. And I, I it happened before I kind of had this mind shift and after. Like this yeah. is just one example. But like um before, in my mind I'm thinking the whole time, okay, what you know, knowing that they they believe in Jesus, but they must not there's something that's not clicking. What what kind of how can I bring up a conversation or what can I yeah, bring up yeah, yeah, to yeah, kind of yeah. get me into a conversation yeah. uh, point where I can then address these things more directly or win them over yeah. or convince them that they yeah. need to repent or turn yeah. or whatever. Like weaponizing your faith yes. to win a battle. Yeah, like I'm I'm playing chess. <laughs> they think we're hanging out as friends. Yeah, but I'm playing chess with them to try to talk them out of homosexuality. Right. And and you know the flip on that now is hey. They are people who, who are going after Jesus. I can tell because I'm in close enough proximity to them to know that they're going after Jesus and they're pursuing him at the center. And in my mind, I tell myself, listen, all I got to do is keep being Jesus to them, which means that I love them and I'm here for them. And if they want to ask me questions or my opinion, I'll share with them. But if not, then I'm just going to keep being their friend and keep being a good friend. And I'm going to pray for them and trust that if there's anything in their life, homosexuality and beyond, yeah. there's anything yeah. that is in their life that is not okay with Jesus, he'll draw that He'll out. work it out. You know? Yeah, and it ain't so, up to you to work out. Yeah. And so I think I think that's it. You just gotta that's be huge. like, look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to embody love and grace to them. Yeah. And keep pointing to Jesus. Even if they know Jesus, we're going to keep pointing each other to Jesus. Yeah. And the more, which is accountability. It's not yeah. telling each other when you're yeah. wrong. Accountability is continuing to hold up the banner of Christ to each other and to right. strive for that together. But right. we're going to keep doing that. And as long as we do, they'll figure it out. That's that's huge, man. For me, uh, you know, a, a takeaway, a step one, a, a whatever is, is, is simply t- take out a piece of paper, man, and draw that out and think about it. Really, really, I think you're right. The, the pondering on it, meditate on it. Uh, contemplate these things for a few minutes, hours, days, months, <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes for you to sort of wrap your head around this stuff because we really need to be real with ourselves and say, is this what we're doing? A, a great resource um, that sort of helped me through my journey and my whatever, actually our church is currently doing a uh, men's community group Bible study on it, is the book Repenting of Religion uh, by Gregory A. Boyd. Um, it, it is incredible. And he, he talks through a few things. And one of the quotes, I, w- I wish I had a hard copy here with me, but one of the quotes that he says is something to the effect of, we try to measure our, our Christian faith and our Christian walk by how many church services we've gone to, how many devotions we did this week, how many people we witnessed to, whatever. And we check all these boxes, but seldomly do, do Christ followers measure themselves on their ever-growing capacity to love all people. And that's what Christ has called us to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so seldomly do we measure ourselves in that way. But whenever we place Jesus at the center and chase after that, then we can, we're freed up to love people. Mm-hmm. We're freed up to love them in their mess, to love them in their journey, to love them in their process. And people are freed up to love us as well. And it just makes, it just makes sense. Yep. Once you connect the dots, you're like, oh, oh, obviously. Yeah. This is the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. This is the way it, it works, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and if you're looking, <laughs> if you're listening to this, cause I, I could just hear, I know certain people that'll go, okay, but where's the Bible verse for that? Where's the scripture for that? Where's, where are you getting this from? That's not biblical. Look, man. I don't, I don't got to proof text a bunch of things to prove it to you. Look at the character of, of Jesus. Like, right. 
Jesus was making the Pharisees angry because he was doing what we're talking about. Right. He called the tax collector, you know, to himself. Right. He sided with the woman caught in adultery. Using the Samaritan yes. as the good guy in the story. In like the story, the, the yeah. Whole, like, the, all of the stuff that he's doing is like, yo, yeah. think outside of yourself. You're mm-hmm. not here to judge other people. Yep. Point people, you know, draw. Mm-hmm. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Like, mm-hmm. that's the idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the... Don't don't be caught on the side of the riot where everybody's going, but you call that guy? Do you know who that guy is? And Jesus <laughs> is like, I know who he is more than you do, which is why I called him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like see, the, see the potential in people. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And then just encourage them towards that. Don't be, don't try to beat negative out of them. Yeah. Encourage the good in them. You know what I mean? And, love it. And I, I don't know. That's, that's me. That's my thing. I love it. I think we've given them something to think about. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. So uh, if you don't already, I'll, I'll drop this. Yeah, hit them quick. with the socials. Hit them with the socials. Socials. We are <laughs> we are starting to post now more. We had a little bit of a lapse in time. A little but, hiatus. But now the show is on the road. Let's do so it. So they say. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram. It's at Theobrogens, which is like theologians with the bro instead of the low. <laughs> so uh, at Theobrogens. <laughs> Low key, but very high yes. key. Uh, it's at Theobrogens on Instagram, and uh, it's at Theobrogens on Twitter. We'll be on there putting all kinds of snarky stuff and memes to piss everybody off. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, get at us, follow us, uh, and uh, if you haven't by now, pause the show and subscribe to yes. the podcast. Great review, subscribe. You need to do that. On iTunes, wherever else you listen to podcasts. And throw some questions, man. Throw some topics you want to talk about. We have a whole slew of things we're going to talk through. But if you got any ideas that you think we should hash out or you'd like to hear our take, we'd love to hear it. Yep. All right. Till next time. Peace.